The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of China, Ghana, and Trinidad, and in the states of Maryland, Missouri, and New York. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support, because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now, your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voice of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur, like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Allow yourself to feel. Robert Frost said the only way around it is through it. When faced with emotional pain, allow yourself to feel the pain, then let it go. Crying releases stress hormones from your body. This makes room for the joy. If you have difficulty feeling your emotions, rent a sad movie to help you connect to your feelings. This is necessary but not sufficient, especially when you're dealing with the loss of one or both parents. What is essential? 
essential is that we find a way to process and release those feelings so they don't get stuck in our body and our emotions and do damage to our health, physical, mental, and emotional health. Sometimes we bottle up our feelings initially just to get through a trauma, but then we must deal with it and not just dismiss it. Know that strength is about facing our lives and not avoiding the pain. Paying attention to our thoughts is also important. It's easy to get stuck in blame and anger, but that just ensures that we lead a life filled with fear and pain. As I've learned how to let go of judgmental thoughts about myself and others, I've been able to transform my life. When I'm not focused on what's wrong, I find myself focusing on what's good. I have more time and energy to actually enjoy my life instead of just surviving it. Having learned how to do this for myself, I enjoy helping others learn how to do it as well. That's why my next workshop is entitled, Think Positively. Make 2017 your best year yet. My From Fear to Freedom workshop was well received a couple of weeks ago. People were shocked to learn we have 60,000 thoughts a day and over 80% of those thoughts are negative. Even more disturbing is that we keep repeating the same negative thoughts over and over again from day to day, week to week, and year to year. This affects your self-esteem, self-confidence, relationships, health, and even financial abundance. In fact, it affects every area of your life. Everything begins and ends with your mind. What you give power to has power over you, but only if you allow it. Seeing your life from a positive perspective changes the way you think, which changes everything. As you let go of negativity, you become grateful and positive in word, thought, and deed, resulting in your ever-increasing happiness, peace of mind, joy, prosperity, and good health. In this experiential workshop, you will redirect your frustration and turn it into positive, effective, unstoppable determination. Find the silver lining in everything you've endured. Make conscious decisions to create the life you desire. Let go of destructive worry, stress, and anxiety. Choose peace, love, gratitude, health, prosperity, and happiness, and learn techniques to use on your own. We'll be at CSL Dallas, the Center for Spiritual Living, Saturday, January 14th. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this seminar or another one in your area, like the I'm Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine. Looking ahead, my seminar on financial abundance, What You Don't Know, was so well received that they asked me to do a full-day seminar I'll be announcing that date soon. 
choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, positivity, as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, Robert Mirapal and his daughter, Jennifer. Robert will join us after the first break to talk about his campaign to exonerate his mother, Ethel Rosenberg, who was falsely accused and executed as a spy in 1953. Jen, who is the executive director of the Rosenberg Fund for Children and the granddaughter of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg, will be on the last segment of the show to discuss the very special fund for children that her father had established. Last week's show with Gary Chapman on keeping love alive through Alzheimer's was inspiring. He helped us understand that even if someone doesn't remember who we are, they can still feel and express love. The feeling of love releases stress and brings a sense of peace, which helps both the caregiver and the patient. Otherwise, the burden of caregiving can become overwhelming. Dr. Gary Chapman points out that the five ways experiencing of experiencing love can change during the course of the disease. Knowing all of them helps you identify what your loved one needs and when they need it. They include words of affirmation, which can be as simple as saying, I love you. Quality time, like giving someone your undivided attention. Gifts like playing a favorite song. Acts of service, like setting the table. And physical touch, which can be as easy as a gentle caress of the shoulder. Caregivers often express that maintaining the love in their relationship throughout Alzheimer's was the most important thing they ever did. It gave them purpose, strength, and courage. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. 
If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all of our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you, and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music, and the joy of being alive with all of the hurtful words, anger, and fear that is being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. One Facebook friend wrote this to me. Bless you, Paula for having such a positive outlook. I read your posts and see what a beautiful person you are, and you know what I mean inside as well as outside. This was my response to her. Thank you so much for your kind words. I've worked hard to learn to see the positive and to stay focused in the positive. I am human, however, and I do have my moments. In those harder moments, I just try my best to feel the deep pain and whatever emotions are there, and I move through it. Then it lets go, and I see the sun again, and move forward with hope. Sometimes I even reread my own posts. We are in a challenging time and we must do everything at our disposal, inwardly and outwardly, to maintain hope and love. My guests today have learned how to live through great adversity, find silver linings, and maintain hope and love. In fact, their story is so important that I am letting it serve as my silver lining story for today. Robert Mirapol is our first guest. He's an attorney, author, activist, and the younger son of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. In 1990, Robert founded the Rosenberg Fund for Children. He served as its executive director until he retired from that position when his daughter, Jennifer, who will join us later in the show, took over the fund's leadership in 2013. Robert remains on the Rosenberg Fund for Children's Board of Directors. His blog, Still on a Limb, Still Out on a Limb, which concentrates on climate change, human human rights, and politics, is at robertmirapol.com slash blog. Robert is also the author of An Execution in the Family. One Son's Journey. He's been featured on numerous programs, including 60 Minutes. If you're listening to uplift, you're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce, and I'll help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for my next hands-on workshop. Think positively. Make 2017 your best year yet. Or to schedule one in your area. 
Then go to the calendar of events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Robert Mirapol to talk with us about his campaign to exonerate his mother, Ethel Rosenberg, who was falsely accused and executed as a spy. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com that's dr paula joyce at gmail.com now back to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show, please call 1-866-472-5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I'm grateful to welcome Robert Mirapol to talk with us about his campaign to exonerate his mother, Ethel Rosenberg, who was falsely accused and executed with her husband, Julius, as a spy in 1953. Welcome, Robert. I really appreciate your being on the show today. It's a pleasure to join you. Um, I I want you to know that your story touched me personally for many reasons. Uh, Turns out I'm a year older than you and was at U of M, University of Michigan, when you were there. Um, And I also remember listening to the radio with my mother during the time when your parents were on trial and the execution, and it's still very vivid and alive for me. And when I read about your story and that Ethel, your mother, was falsely accused, I just, um, it just, 
it just felt so awful. And I knew I wanted to have you on the show. So I'm so glad you're here. And I, I wanted you to share a little bit with us. I, I know we want to talk about your campaign to exonerate your mother. But I also want, if, if you'd be willing to just talk a little bit with us about how a six-year-old processes what happened, how you dealt with that. Well, uh, for me, and perhaps it because, it's because I was the younger child, uh, and my brother uh, was sort of the loud one, uh, I noticed very early on that my brother made a lot of fuss after my parents were arrested and we they were no longer with us and we were being shipped around from one set of people to another. Uh, but it never did any good. I liked peace and quiet. And so for me, I discovered really early on that if I pretended not to understand what was going on, uh, then adults would, would be would like that. They would say, oh, isn't it good? The baby doesn't understand. I actually remember hearing them say that, and I remember thinking, oh, boy, you know, these adults aren't very smart. I might not understand their words, but I, I've got better ears than they do, and I can hear everything they say. Uh, so I tried to stay in the background, but at the same time, I couldn't avoid this sense of, like, of impending doom, like there was a dark cloud of anxiety hanging over me, and uh, it had something to do with those people out there. There was them, and there were us, and we were weak, and they were powerful, and we had to keep our heads down, or they might get us, things might get worse, and it had something to do with my family, but I didn't understand what. And then, of course, it did get worse. Uh, for me, the most graphic memories I have of that period are the last week of my parents' lives, in which uh, that by then I was six, and so I remember a little better. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, held a, was reconvened, or I should say that the Supreme Court, one of the justices in the last week of their lives, Justice Douglas, issued a stay of execution, and it looked like my parents were going to live a lot longer. But then the Supreme Court was reconvened in special session. The stay was overturned, and the execution was reinstated, and it took place, all within a few days. And as a six-year-old watching this, I couldn't read the newspapers. I didn't know how to read yet, but I heard about it on radio. Television wasn't that common in the early 1950s. And I thought that my parents' attorney had been asked to give 10 reasons why they shouldn't be killed, and he did. Uh, so there, the execution was stayed. But then they reconvened the court and asked him for an 11th reason, and he couldn't, and so they were killed. Uh, you know, clearly I didn't understand what was really going on, but I think I confused all these reports I heard about 11th hour appeals with giving 11 reasons. And in some ways, even though I didn't understand, I did get the gist. I did know sort of what was going on, and I never forgot. I mean, it's not the kind of thing you forget. Uh, it's you know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, haven't you gotten over your childhood? Uh, I think that's an ab absurd comment to make because no one gets over their childhood. A childhood isn't something to get over. 
it's something to integrate into your life and learn from. Uh, and that's what I've tried to do. And, and yes, I agree with you 100% because it's still very real for me. And I was just a seven-year-old listening. Mm-hmm. I can't even, uh, you know, imagine living through it as the child of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. So, yes, but what you did, and we'll talk more about the fun that, that you established later, but was to find silver linings and to create good things and opportunities for other people through because of your own pain and horrific experience. Yeah, I, I worked, I mean, I think it's no accident that given the destruction that was visited upon my family, that not only me, but my brother too, that we both grew up, got married young, uh, stayed married to the same person, and Im- almost immediately recreated uh, to a two-child family, just like the family of of mine that had been destroyed when I was a child, that this was my way of reconstructing and building something that I needed as a foundation in order to build upon. Uh, and that uh, that worked for me, but what didn't work was my work, uh, my job situation. I think because of the special circumstances of my childhood, I could not find a satisfying work environment. I was trained originally as an anthropologist. I was going to be a college professor. That didn't work. Uh, Ultimately, I went to law school and became a lawyer. Well, I didn't really like that much either. Uh, It wasn't wasn't until... uh, I was 43 years old, and I got the idea of starting the Rosenberg Fund for Children that I found my calling. And I think the reason for that is that, you know, we all have bad things that happen to us in our lives. I don't think there's one of your listeners who hasn't had something terrible happen to them or somebody they love. And the real key is how do we react to that? Uh, and I think when we have a situation like mine, uh, one reaction is to seek revenge, to ask, to try to take out your anger and your rage at what's happened on the people who have perpetrated uh, that. Uh, but uh, the problem with, with revenge, I mean, there's a good aspect to it. It's an, it's an it's a active Effort. It's not just passive, and, and it's really important to be active. But at the same time, it's destructive. The, the, the key for me was to figure out a way to channel that energy into something positive. And I actually developed a, uh, a term for it. You mentioned my book, and I actually wanted this to be the title of my book, but the publisher refused because they said what I said didn't make any sense. I think it makes a lot of sense, which was the concept of constructive revenge for figuring out a way to channel that energy into something positive. And that's that's what I was able to do with the fund. And once I did that, so much anger dropped off of me. Uh, and I was you know, able to get beyond the desire for revenge. And, and that's, that's really the story of my life. 
And and you were exactly right. I'm sorry your publisher didn't get it because what you did is superior mental health. It is the way to deal with anger is to use it in to create something positive. We can use that energy to destroy ourselves really. And that's what you know, um, negative revenge is about. Constructive revenge creates something good from a, a horrific situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was part, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show because I found that so impressive where you could have just been lost in bitterness and anger. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the things that really helped me was that I didn't have to do it entirely on my own. My adoptive parents, Abel and Ann Mirapol, were very supportive, uh, and my uh, my adoptive father, Abel Mirapol, is probably best known for being the author of the words and music of the Billie Holiday classic, Strange Fruit. Uh, so I grew up in a very artistically rich household. Um, and uh, also there was a community of support that rallied around me and my brother uh, to break down the isolation. And, and that's, that was really important as well. Um, but, you know, one of my dreams, uh, when, I start, when I became an adult and started looking at my parents' case more closely, I grew up believing that both of them were totally and completely innocent. But when I went to law school and started looking at things more thoroughly, and then material started dribbling out of what was then the Soviet Union, I became what I'd call an agnostic about my father. I wasn't sure. Perhaps he was engaged in espionage. It didn't have anything to do with the secret of the atomic bomb, but it was still illegal. And over time... Uh, as more material came out, it became clear uh, that he had attempted and succeeded, actually, in helping the Russians to defeat the Nazis during World War II, and that he had engaged in espionage. But the same material showed that my mother was not engaged, and that the government just basically arrested her to hold her hostage to coerce my father into cooperating because since he was the organizer of a group, he would know everybody else. So they were really hot to get him, and they were using my mother uh, to coerce him. And to for a government to do that, to manufacture the evidence that was used in a capital case to hold a hostage and then kill that person, uh, that should be a concern for all of us. It's not just a personal matter. The fact that her trial was turned into a, a perversion of justice should concern everybody, especially as, as we get ready to enter into what possibly could be a very dark four years. Uh, yes, and it it really did shock me when uh, you know I realized that she, as as I read the, all the material that you pres- have presented, that that the government knew and they only used her as a pawn. I, I, I'm going to read this. Ethel was merely a pawn used for leverage in the government's attempt to build a case against Julius Rosenberg and to take it to the extreme of then murdering her. 
Um, It's just, um, it's hard to believe that in this country where there's supposed to be freedom and, and that you have to be proven guilty that somebody could be executed with all the evidence pointing to her innocence and that they even manufacture the evidence. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is surprising, but then again, in times of fear, when people act out of fear, uh, some terrible things happen, and when powerful people act out of fear, some very dangerous things happen. So that's, uh, you know, it, it's the most powerful proof in some ways that we have is that we now know that the KGB, the Russian spy service, gave all of its spies code names. Uh, and my mother, ha- my father had a code name. Other people, other the defendants had code names, but Ethel was not given a code name. And that means that the KGB didn't consider her a spy. Now, of course, my mother's uh, exonerating my mother is still considered controversial because there's a right wing cadre of people who want to say, uh, look, she was guilty after all because of this snippet of information and that snippet of information. None of them want to talk about how the trial was a travesty. They don't want to dispute the claims we make. They don't want to talk about the fact that she didn't have a code name. Uh, but they, in essence, are trying to convince their supporters and the American public in general that they know better than the KGB who was a KGB spy. And that, that, like, that's laughable. If it weren't so tragic, it would be laughable. Uh, yes, if it weren't so tragic. And so people who would want to support the exoneration of Ethel, um, your mother, what can they do? Well, at this point, there's a petition campaign at the Rosenberg Fund website, which is just if you go to RFC. Uh, dot org uh, on the internet, it opens right up to a page. You can't miss how to do it. And I think the counter is on the verge of hitting 45,000. Uh, so we, we've got a lot of people who've joined this. And adding your name makes a difference because we are continuing. We will continue to update the White House with this. And uh, if you you know you can write a letter to the editor, you can call your local congressperson. There's all sorts of things uh, that can be done uh, to express your opinion. Uh, and if you go to the website and read the material, which I urge people to do, because there are people out there who will say, no, 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 you're all wrong. You're just being duped by these these people. Uh, you need to educate yourself a little bit so that you do know the facts, because that's one of the, the good things about this campaign for us, is that we're not making all these claims. We're using the government's material to destroy their case. Uh, and once you can demonstrate that you're doing that, you're going to convince a lot of people. So that's the kind of thing people can do. Okay, and I have already done that, and 
We're going well, to you. go to break. <laughs> You're welcome. And I have encouraged others to, as I am right now. Um, and we're going to go to break in a minute, and hopefully people will um, sign the petition at break and then afterwards as well. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. When we return, we'll be joined by Robert's daughter, Jennifer Mirapol, who is the executive director of the Rosenberg Fund for Children and the granddaughter of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. This is a public foundation which aids children in the U.S. whose parents have been attacked while struggling to wage peace, preserve civil rights, safeguard the government, combat racism, and organize on behalf of workers, political prisoners, the LGBTQ community, and others whose rights are under threat. You can learn more about the work of the organization at rfc.org and by following them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course by listening to our next segment. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter in my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. It connects the conscious and unconscious mind and helps you move forward with ease and speed. My clients change from the inside out, creating lasting lasting change and self-empowerment. Now, please click on the link on this page to sign the petition to exonerate Ethel Rosenberg and call the White House to voice your support for her exoneration. That number is 202-456-1111. Let's write this injustice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jennifer Mirapol to talk about the important work the Rosenberg Fund for Children is doing. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I'm so grateful that Robert was on this last segment of the show with us and that his daughter, Jennifer Mirapol, is here with us now to talk about the important work the Rosenberg Fund for Children is doing. Jennifer, welcome. And Thank you. Um, it, Please tell us more about this fund. It sounds like you're doing amazing work, and I want to hear more about it and also, of course, how people can contribute. I'd be happy to to share some information about it. Uh, The Rosenberg Fund for Children, as you mentioned, is a nonprofit foundation that my father started a little more than 25 years ago, and we provide for the educational and emotional support of the children of targeted activists as well as young people who have faced repression for their own organizing. So that means individuals who've been involved in organizing around civil rights, civil liberties, the environment, anti-war efforts, against police brutality, and a whole host of other progressive causes, when they face repression, when they're arrested, when they're injured, if they lose a job, are evicted from their home, a whole host of ways in which they can often face significant repercussions for their organizing, we provide support for their children. And that support is really targeted around their educational and emotional needs. So it might be a visit to a parent or grandparent in prison, therapy, the ability to attend summer camp or a creative or artistic program, all of those things that often become much more difficult for parents to provide for their children when they're facing these circumstances and which are incredibly important to, as we were talking about earlier, allow children to process traumatic events in their life in a way that allows them to be kind of whole, healthy human beings. And that really does come from my father and uncle's experiences of what they needed and what was so beneficial for them when their parents, my grandparents, were first arrested and then convicted and executed. And to have therapy, to go to supportive schools, to be able to attend summer camp, to participate in drama and music programs, all of that was a vital part of healing for them. And so, you know, that, as my father said, that was his constructive revenge, taking that trauma that was visited upon his family and transforming it into something positive for children today experiencing somewhat similar circumstances for very different reasons is what the Rosenberg Fund for Children is all about. So are are you telling me, because I'm sort of in shock a little bit here, that, <laughs> that this is still going on, these kinds of injustices where people it, are being jailed for um, standing up for their rights and fighting for their rights? It You know, it absolutely is. And I think one of the things that, you know, often when I'm doing the kind of quick summary of what the Rosenberg Fund for Children is, 
the, one of the most frequent responses is people saying, oh, so you must do, must do all of your work internationally. And we don't. All of the families that we work with and support are in the United States, and the vast majority of their activism and targeting happened here. Sometimes it's a teacher fired for you know, refusing to say the Pledge of Allegiance with their class or you know, the kind of most recent version of that that we're seeing are teachers and students across the country at all levels facing repercussions for not standing for the national anthem. Um, we're seeing, you know, certainly we've had a range of beneficiaries who have done environmental work and have faced targeting either from government officials and agencies or in some cases from members of their community who see those efforts as potentially harmful to their economic well-being and would value the job that a local logging or construction company offers over the enormous harm and pollution that's being done um, to the, you know, the water basin or to a local area. So there certainly is some of that. There are still people who are swept up in the kind of massive surveillance network that our government has in place and that has only intensified in this country post-9-11, and people find themselves entrapped into, you know, into cases where it's really questionable as to what, what, if anything, they were doing that was illegal and still find themselves tried, convicted, and often facing decades in prison with terrorism enhancements around a number of convictions for nonviolent crimes. So we do still see all of that happening today, and, you know, that kind of takes us in some ways full circle to the reason, kind of a fundamental reason, that the Rosenberg Fund for Children has been a driving force behind the campaign to exonerate my grandmother is because we don't just see this as having historical significance, but it also has real meaning and impact for the families that we're working with today. You know, the idea of the government being able to manufacture evidence to ensure a conviction in a capital case, that's a threat to certainly anyone in this country who chooses to dissent, but also to all of us as citizens. And that is, you know, the exoneration campaign and our support for families facing this targeting today is the core mission of the Rosenberg Fund for Children. And and you you um, earlier your father referred to Robert referred to a connection with um, our president elect and some of the threats that are being made against whole peoples um, and and putting. Um, families at risk. I'm getting um, information about children who can't sleep at night. They're afraid their parents are going to be gone in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, how are how are you? Um, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, I think that you know, in a lot of ways, there's a kind of a continuum from. You know, looking back to the cases in the past of Sako and Manzetti, of my grandparents, um, Japanese-American internment camps, the House Un-American Activities Committee, all of those kind of brought forward 
to talk about Muslim registries, to talk about massive deportation, to look at the ways in which anti-police brutality activists have been treated over the past few years. All of that kind of comes together and has its roots in the suppression of dissent and the power of the state being used in in really dangerous ways to to curb some of the freedoms that you talked about earlier that are not only part of our constitution but also part of of most of our expectations and i think one of the things that is so important about the work that we do at the Rosenberg Fund for Children in addition to the monetary support that we provide to children facing these circumstances in their families is having a community stand with these families and recognize what they are dealing with and to say, we don't accept this in our name. We are not willing to stand silently by while you suffer through these circumstances. Instead, we will, you know, for many of our supporters, it's thousands of people across the country making modest donations of funds that you know, they could put to other use, but they see the importance and they prioritize making sure that these kids and these families know that there is support out there. And that is incredibly valuable to interrupt the isolation that can be so dangerous for this type of repression. And instead, it really creates community where resistance to that type of governmental overreach can flourish. And that is significant for all of us in thinking about what sort of society we want to live in. It's also incredibly important for children to feel supported within a broader community that, you know, was so meaningful, as my dad said, for he and his uncle when they were children. Yes, and and we all need that kind of support. And also, I, I, because you're dealing with this disconnect between the government that we think we have and how we believe that our rights are, pre- are protected um, and, and that this is the country of freedom. And, and there's this shock um, that I'm feeling that this is going on. And so if and if you then become a victim of it, there's got mm-hmm. to be all kinds of things that you're dealing with in terms of betrayal by the very people who are supposed to be protecting you. I think that's right. And I think for a lot of our supporters, being part of this community, you know, whether it's signing the petition, whether it's making financial contributions, whether it's attending public events when we have them, the myriad of different ways that they connect with us, that is a way of responding to what otherwise can feel paralyzing, to kind of feel like there are these forces out there that, you know, say one thing and act in another way, and they're really powerful, and what can I do in the face of that? I think a number of people have felt an increase in that sense of, anxiety and kind of feeling paralyzed, you know, in, in recent months and to feel like there are active ways that you can constructively make a difference for the better is 
a valuable thing for both our supporters as well as that then being incredibly useful to our beneficiaries. I agree with you 100% that we have to um, vote for what we believe in now with our money and our time and our signature and our voice. We still can be heard and to uh, allow ourselves to engage in all of the ways that we've talked about today to know that we can make a difference or at the very least to know that we weren't silent, Mm -hmm. that, you know, we stood up as the new term is, we're upstanders, that we're standing up for what we believe in and doing, fighting for what we believe is right and know is right. And I think that's incumbent upon all of us. I think so, too. And, you know, for me, I mean, my dad talked about the Rosenberg Fund for Children as his constructive revenge, and I think that that was deeply satisfying for him as well as creating a vital and, you know, sustainable organization that has brought enormous comfort to many children living through similar experiences to those that he and my uncle went through when they were kids, for me, it really does feel on some level like an opportunity to say thank you to all of those people who, you know, supported my grandparents and then really did rally around my dad and uncle when they were children and provided them with some of the support that allowed them to heal and allowed them to develop into the adults that they are. I, I think, and, and we're going to have to close this segment of the show with this, but I think that you're a shining example, truly, of how people can respond to adversity and not allow it to destroy them. And so thank you both so much for being on the show, and I hope that Ethel Rosenberg does get exonerated, and I hope that everybody listening clicks on the link on this page to sign the petition to exonerate her and calls the White House to voice your support at 202-456-1111 and contributes to the Rosenberg Fund for Children at rfc.org. And I wish you both um, continuing success. And I want to thank all of you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. And I want to um, ask you to join us next Thursday when Psychic Dwan Washington will share his annual predictions for the new year and on January 12th when Amelia Kincaid, one of the world's most renowned animal communicators, will join us to talk about her new book. And please um, go to paulajoyce.com to read about my services. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.